We are ready, Master. Okay, thank you. Good evening, everyone, and Happy New Year. Thank you all for coming. Okay, I'm glad you're here to join us. Let's continue with the Chan Chi instructions from Master Shenhua. At that time, there was another eminent monk in Changsha Temple in Jingju. His name was Shi Tanyi. This master was a native of Yizhu. Yizhu was near Beijing. He left the home life at the age of 16 and bowed to Dharma Master Daoan as his master. Of all the ordinary novices, he specialized in investigating and upholding precepts. So people called him the precept upholding novice. He learned and penetrated the Tripitakas, the Sutras, Vinaya, and Shastras. He knew them all. Among all disciples of Master Dao'an, you could say he was number one at upholding precepts. Well, <laughs> 
是他那个做官的这个自己啊，有毛病，就对他特别的敬。Later, he went to Sichuan. The governor of Sichuan, named Mao Chu, had a lot of faith in him. 所以 The governor personally cooked for him, which was preparing dishes and serving him second helpings of rice. During the meal. Master Tan Yi saw a husked grain mixed in the rice. He picked up the grain and ate it first. Rice with the husk is called grain. He picked up the grain and ate it first. Thus, Mao Chu believed in him even more. This master definitely wouldn't waste offerings from donors, so Mao Chu had even more faith in him. Later. Mao Chu donated 1,000 dao of rice to him. 1,000 bushels is approximately 1,000 don of rice. The master said. You gave me so much rice. How can I finish all this rice by myself?
Therefore, he invited all the monks in Sichuan and gave everyone a share. He shared the rice with all the monks. He often followed Master Dawan to lecture on sutras and to speak Dharma at different places. He often stayed at Tanshi Temple. The mayor of Changsha during the Jin Dynasty was named Teng Hanshi. He donated his house in Nanjing, Jingzhu, which is in the region of Jiangling, to be used as a temple. Having a temple, he asked Master Dawan to select a monk to become the abbot of the temple. So, Master Dao'an asked Master Tan Yi to be the abbot there. So, Master Tan Yi carried his backpack, bedroll, and a tin staff. With the tin staff, he went to Nanjing to be the abbot of the temple. The name of that temple was Changsha Temple. At that time, due to the unsettled political situation, he often had to avoid bandits and other potential dangers. Mm. 
ความสิ่งที่เราได้ยินทางภาษาไทยเราจะเรียกว่าสังเกตุถ้าเป็นสังเกตุจะเรียกว่าเป็นสื่อเนี่ย The area of Jingling wasn't stable either, so later Master Tan Yi went to Xiangming and built a temple there. Later, when all the bandits were gone, he returned to Jiangling to fix the Changsha Temple. After he fixed Changsha Temple, because he was extremely devout, extremely sincere, he obtained the relic as a response. He attained the Buddha's relic. After he obtained the Buddha's relic, he used a gold bottle to house it in, and put it in the dining hall. Master Tan Yi bowed to the relic and prayed, "If this is the Buddha's relic, it should emit light." So everyone can see. So he prayed. Sure enough, in the midnight, the relic emitted five colored lights, illuminating the whole room. At that time, all his disciples, other sanghas, bhikshus, and bhikshunis, witnessed this auspicious sign. So their faith in him strengthened even more. Okay, let's stop here. All right. So tonight, let's see.
Uh, let's go back to the beginning of this section here. So at the time uh, of Master Tao An, uh, Master Tao An now is uh, personally I f I'm very interested because I heard so much about Master Tao An. He's a very uh, well-known monk, highly respected, and now we're learning more about uh, him and his contemporaries. Okay, and uh, we're at slide 164. Uh, he's, uh, now is uh, bringing up uh, another eminent monk by the name of Shi Tan Yi. Uh, this is different from the Tan Yi, that disciple, the first disciple of Master Fa Tai. Okay, they're totally different people. So clearly, uh, Master Fatai's disciples were nowhere near the caliber of this uh, Tan Yi. That's why Master Xinhua brought up his story. All right? Mm. So uh, the temple is called Changsha Temple in Jingzhou. Mm. All right? Uh, and Mm, he was uh, in the area, uh, born in area near Beijing, uh, left a home life, became a monk uh, at a very early age, 16, that's very, very young, and bowed to Master Tao An as master. Ah, I see. Okay. Mm, so, uh, lots of blessings. He uh, left home life at the age of 16. Okay, and took Master Tao An, a famous monk, eminent monk, as his master. So it shows you there's this Tan Yi here had blessings. Mm. And another thing that's uh, unusual about him, outstanding about him, was that he specialized in upholding precepts. Okay, this is precepts is what. Uh, novices are supposed to learn first. Uh, that's the foundation of Buddhist practices. And so um, he, uh, he spent a lot of time investigating, upholding precepts to the point where people actually recognize him. Well, he's well known as uh, the novice that was uh, uh, upholding precepts. When you talk about novice, it's about 10 precepts he was up upholding. And uh, at the, even at a young age, he, uh, he was uh, exemplary in uh, outstanding as uh, being able to keep the novice precepts, okay? Just 10 of them. Hmm. And he also learned and penetrated to Tripitakas, uh, okay? So his foundation were precepts. You see, so this is the first thing that you learn from this particular story is that if you maintain the precepts and keep yourself pure from violating the rules of morality, you also will uh, have wisdom. And that's how he was able to penetrate the Tipitakas. So he was upholding precepts and because there were only 10 precepts, so it's not a whole lot he has to learn. But so he, so he spent a lot of time 
learning about sutras. No chan training, just, uh, just, um, just uh, studying sutras, which is also another form of chan practice. Okay? Uh, chan practice is not necessarily confined to meditation crossing your legs. Uh, a lot of monks in the past studied sutras. They read sutras, and that's a form of Chan practice as well. So Chan is, is, as you see, as we're learning here, Chan practice is more than just crossing legs. Okay, the, we, the reason we teach you the full lotus and crossing your legs is a test for you and helps you build a stronger foundation. These people do not have the good foundation from Chan training, uh, then they won't go up as far, as high, okay? And so, and uh, they fail these, to build the proper foundation to go up higher, okay? And so this is the thing that we, that's, that we looked out and we learned from Master Shinhua. Master Shinhua simply told me to do certain things. I couldn't understand why, but I did it, I did them, and then eventually, I use the same techniques to train you in the next generation as you make made progress. I'm beginning, I was beginning to understand why these, uh, the meaning of these instructions, the ingenuity of these instructions, okay? Uh, so one, com one, one comment, uh, one aspect there is that you do not need to understand why you're doing this. Okay, understanding is overrated. It's about doing it, and then uh, you'll be able to develop your samadhi a lot faster. There were for you to seek to understand why, why, why. All right? So, so this is something that is a gift from Master Xinhua and is not available to this, uh, this Tan Yi here. All he had was the foundation of the Shami precepts, which is 10 precepts, which is basically a tiny foundation. And then he used it to develop his wisdom by studying sutras. So you see, from first blush, his foundation wasn't that great. However, it was uh, because of his blessings, his virtues, he, go, he went up pretty far, pretty high up there, uh, to have the kind to, for, to be recognized and to have penetrated Tripitaka, meaning he was able to absorb a lot of the Buddhist teachings from various three, three types of teaching, the three stores, sutras, precepts, and shastras. So he's, for a kid to go to, to the temple, without much schooling, that was impressive. Hmm? Language skills and to be able to understand the Tripitaka, that's impressive because um, there weren't a lot of uh, uh, good support materials in terms of dictionaries and, and, uh, and uh, tutors uh, because each type of teaching uh, may not use the same language. Uh, 
Chinese characters. Okay, so that's impressive. What he did is very, very impressive. So Master Shiran stressed the sutras. He understood sutras, Vinaya, uh, uh, okay, and shastras as well. All right. And so his training was more typical of the monks back then, before the advent of the Chan school. Hmm? Hmm. And he was uh, his other. Um, big plus was that his master was Master Tao An, who was very virtuous and well-known and had wisdom. Uh, and he was pure enough so that uh, among Master Tao An's uh, eminent disciples, many disciples, Master Tao An was very, very famous uh, and had a lot of disciples. He was known to be number one at upholding precepts. So this is probably referring to the fact that after he became fully ordained, he continued that path. So the foundation of upholding precepts uh, was there for him, very, very strong. All right, any questions about this? This is more of the traditional Chinese style of training for monks and nuns, okay? Uh, contrast that to Master Shenhua's style of, uh, of uh, Mahayana training here in the U.S., which we follow, uh, we borrow from, uh, is uh, was not a lot of uh, was not a lot of uh, details on the precepts themselves. We we only learn uh, enough for the precepts, enough foundation for you to go very far, uh, but. Uh, but we really are not that verse about the rest of the other precepts, okay? And now, the, the rest of the Buddhist world who specialize in studying precepts, for example, they understand the precepts description, we call the precept marks, but they don't necessarily understand the depth or the essence of the precepts because they understand only the words uh, but they don't understand the substance. So Buddhism has two parts. One part is the marks or the words, and the other part is the substance of the teachings. Okay? And so traditionally, the Chinese are taught to learn from the marks and climb up. That worked very well for them and built the entire Asian system based on that. Okay, uh, and uh, here in the U.S., we do it differently uh, based on Master Shenhua's approach to training uh, and propagating a dharma is that you know, we, were, we are more focused, especially me personally, I'm more, uh, I'm more keen upon you building uh, your samadhi power first so that you, when you look at the precepts, look at the sutras, you will be able to penetrate the substance of the teaching. You may not know them. You may not know, may not be very literate in terms of sutras, vinayas, and shashas, and so forth. But when it's time for you, when you decide to investigate them, you'll be able to bring out, we reach the substance of the teachings. That's a difference in the American approach versus the traditional 
Asian approach. Questions about that? That's being done in Korea, in Vietnam, in China, and so forth. Only Master Shenhua chose to do it this way, okay? Uh, and we, like he calls, and, and he's recognized as a Wei Yang uh, Chan master. All right? Mm, so the two different approaches. Why? Why would he choose to go over here and do it this way, whereas, first of all, his training is unusual. He didn't go to the regular temple and stay at the temple and study uh, the Asian style where he would study under a famous master, let's face it. His masters, his shifu, original shifu, were not that, that famous. They were not that high in terms of achievements. His masters, Chang, Ren, Chang, uh, Chang, whatever, uh, are basically, my guess, looking at them, uh, what they've done, probably four-stage arhats. Okay? So they could not possibly penetrate the substance. So his path was that he was not meant to go through the traditional style of Buddhist training as a monk. Okay? And that's what, uh, that's what, he figured out because of his nature, because before he was already a Mahasattva. That's why he doesn't need to go through the traditional style of training. Okay? And so he practices his own, his own and, and needed very little support, especially from anyone, governments, you name it. Tao An and these people needed the government to support them, give them temples. Master Shihua never did depend on anyone you know, to be given a temple. Okay? Now, any official, I mean. And so, uh, so Master Shihua, because of his unusual circumstances and training, he has so many blessings he did not need to go through the traditional style of training, which works for you if you don't have enough blessings, but that would hamper his development because uh, they, were, uh, they were not designed for him. Am I making sense to you? There's a reason for all these. And that's why we're very lucky in that when he brought his Mahayana to the US, uh, he brought also with it his style of training from his own experience, okay? In China, he never really had to train that many disciples at all. He's, but in China, because he didn't have his own temples, so he had to stay at other temples. And therefore, it limits the number of disciples he could receive. Because you see, as you can imagine, you go to a temple, you're a monk going to a temple with a more famous master who has his own temple, and you accept these disciples, and then now your disciples are comparing your you with the abbot, with the fangzang. So it's a very, very, very difficult situation for him to be able to train and accept a lot of his disciples, okay, unless he's outside of the system. So he, without a temple, he could not possibly receive a lot of his disciples. Not at all. Okay? 
And so, in a way, he didn't really develop his training style until he came to the U.S. He, he came to the U.S. and then um, over the years he developed his styles of training and the results speaks, uh, speak for themselves. All right? And so his training is unusual and actually it's perfect for our environment, for our territory and our times in particular because is not bound by the traditional Asian style of training, which is too slow. Hmm? Hmm. And they're not because they don't have the proper, uh, the proper technique. And that's why the foundation is not there for them to go up high at all. All right, mm. and so, uh, so traditionally, the Asians are taught to learn precepts and the whole precepts as a foundation. Uh, so, our American Mahayana style is more: we uphold enough precepts, build enough precepts, go up quickly. Okay, because there's a, there is an advantage to do the, the the traditional way. There are also some disadvantages. What are the disadvantages? Disadvantages is that if you know too much, and this is a very important point, folks, if you know too much about precepts, about sutras, about sastras, what happens? You become arrogant. You say, oh, look at me. I know so much more about precepts about sutras, about shashas, than the next month, the next nun. And therefore, therefore, uh, and it's true, it is true that you do know more than the others. However, that be it becomes an impediment because that's how you see the others. You see yourselves better than the others. Okay, so that attainment, that knowledge you have, your accomplishments actually are limiting your future growth. So I much prefer Master Shreenor's style where we just go very fast, build enough to go faster, build enough to go higher, build even more to go higher, so the foundation gets built initially to go to here. When you're up here, now you need to, for you to go up, you need to build another set of foundation, reinforce the current foundation, you see? And so, Master Shenhua's gift to the U.S., to our times, is the six principles. That is very, very profound precepts. Very profound, very tremendous foundation. Okay? And that's a Buddhist genius. But Master Shiho took advantage of it. So he, he used this, this approach he has is that you do it this way, okay? Then you bring people up higher without being, uh, without being uh, encumbered with comparing yourself with others, okay? That you know so much, okay? So we're lucky. 
we, we learn from that style. Okay? We also are luckier. You are also luckier in the sense that, yeah, in the sense that, yeah, because his humongous achievement for the first, for a monk to do it for the first time, okay? That's pretty impressive. He was the first to do it that way. Well, not the first. There's also Master Bodhidharma, the Six-Pay Chart, and so forth. But that's, that those are special cases. Master Shiro is no longer, it's not, not the same thing. But what he did, okay, was he did that. And, and, uh, and so well, the accomplishment is incredible. These, his disciples, uh, they should be proud of their achievements. That's true. What they did is really revolutionary for Buddhism. Okay, and therefore, therefore, is then therefore with that comes a weakness. They think they're special, which Master Shehua never corrected. Master Shehua never thought himself as special, never ever. I study him. I look at all his teachings here, his explanation, sutra, and so forth. Never once, this is something I really admire by Master Shenhua, never did he think himself as special. Never ever. I am superior to anyone else. Never. It's so fascinating. Whereas my generation, we know we're better than everyone else. <laughs> it's a fact. <laughs> okay? That's a difference. That's our weakness. That style here. I'm telling you this because I'm using the same style of training. It's so easy for you because you could catch up. You see these people who are ahead of you. Uh, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30, 40 years. And you just catch up, pass them up just like that. Okay? You surpass them so quickly. For example, Recently, I told you about our Vietnamese translator. He went from first-stage Ahat to fourth-stage Ahat in less than one year. That's incredible. You name, you name, you tell me any Hinayana teacher who can do that. That's impossible for them. They don't have the technology. Okay? So you see, uh, it's very easy because of the tremendous, uh, the tremendous results, okay? You realize, you cannot help but say, oh my God, we are really better. I'm better than everyone else. And that's a natural, it's a natural understanding, okay? And we're lucky, you're lucky that I saw that in my generation. And I, I will, Slap in your face immediately at a low level that you think you're special. Okay? Yeah. Because you think, as soon as you think you're special, that's it. You no longer make progress. Remember that. You think you're special, you're dead. So you think you're special, you need to have someone who slap you in the face. Master Shenhua never slapped them in the face, never slapped me in my face. 
Okay? So, anyway, so this is a problem with, with Master Tan Yi. Uh, he knows too much. And it's like you travel long distances and you carry the whole house with you. That knowledge is your house. All this knowledge in Tripitaka is becomes baggage for you and you cannot travel very far. You cannot ascend that easily with all that baggage. Imagine, for example, you find and you have a bunch of kids hanging on to your skirts. Men do wear skirts, don't they? I think so. Okay? It makes it very difficult. Trust me. All right? Moving on. Any questions? So we went to, to Sichuan, uh, and the governor of Sichuan, uh, 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 what's his name? Mao Chu. Huh? Is it Chu? Uh, Mao Chu. Uh, you see, these people, these people, they needed the officials for the Dharma propagation. Okay? It's called dependency. Look at the great teachers. Master Xinhua never needed any official. Master Sixth Patriarch, no official. Fifth Patriarch, he connected with some sort of uh, court officials and sort of. No, 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 no. Okay? Master Wei Shan, uh, who is who was uh, highly respected by the governor of his area, Weishan Temple. What did he do? He was so respected, so admired by the governor. The governor sent his own son to become a novice with Master Weishan. And the son happened to be passed. He passed the imperial examination and ranked either one or third, something like that. So he's a hot shot. Yeah? So Master Weishan was also highly regarded and supported by the officials. But what did he do as soon as the governor's son came, to, came on board? He says, go fetch water. Can you imagine the son's horror riding his dad? Say, Daddy, I am, you know, I'm doing this for you, but you guess what? You know, I am a... I'm, uh, I passed in pure examination to become a monk to carry water for 3,000 people. So uh, Master Weishan was an unusual case where he can manage those relationships without being affected by them. As you can imagine uh, what the governor might feel about it when he find out his prized son and son he's very proud of is carrying water uh, for 3,000 people who are not, whose majority is uneducated. All right. So anyway, so um, back then Master Tawan was famous and well regarded because he has high connections, the governor and so forth. Okay. And the um, governor Mao Chi here, he, uh, he uh, 
recognize my Tao An disciples, and this guy here uh, is uh, uh, Tan Yi, would invite him over and cook for him. Have I ever eaten a meal cooked by the governor? I don't know how good it is. I would be, but I say no thanks. If you ask me, you say, you know, would you like to come over? I'm the governor of California. You come over and let me cook for you a lunch or something. Okay? Yeah. I say, uh, can we order takeout pizza instead? <laughs> okay, or go to French Laundry or somewhere, Michelin Star or something. My God. Uh, You don't become a governor by being a great cook. Well, anyway, so it's funny. Back then, they showed their respect and appreciation by cooking a meal for you. Uh, you can imagine the governor, how often the governor cooks. And so he probably sometimes put too much salt, too much sugar, MSG. Yes, nine. Uh, just a small uh, comment. I think uh, here the Chinese, it doesn't really mean the governor's cooking, was cooking for him. It just means serving him at the lunchtime, like um, personally serving him, uh, helping him with these dishes. Wait, wait, wait. 亲生给他做饭。yeah, cooking. but cooking. I don't think... So. I'm sorry, I, I know my <laughs> Chinese is very limited. It's my knock. It's a, it's I a, think it's actually that's what he's saying. He said that yeah. he personally is cooking for him. It's a, it's a put, the, put it together here. Like it's a Master Shenhua, sometimes he talks in a more like a casual way. And you can see from the context, because here later it says, 天饭做菜. And it also... And then also in the beginning, it says during the meal time, that yeah, uh. because you you're not cooking during the meal time, right? So zuo fan just put the put the things together, serve, uh, and that's I think that's more um, fit for the statue of the governor, but also shows um, he's actually very humbly serving the master. Okay, I I appreciate your Chinese input, but let's hear from more Chinese people. We have a lot of Chinese people here. And, and uh, go ahead, all the Chinese people. You agree or disagree? Or Taiwanese, as for, that, as for that matter. We don't discriminate. Yeah? No takers? Okay, it's a minor uh, yes too. Thank you, Master. Uh, the translation was correct, and also we we did have a discussion and uh, to make sure and uh, cooking the meal. Yeah, yeah. It so seems to be very personable, very yes. personal thing. Attention from the from the governor. How about Xian Jin? What do you think? You agree? Yeah, I agree with Jane. Are you Hanzu or are you not Hanzu? 
I am. <laughs> we have to be careful. The Chinese have, have many, many different, uh, uh, different uh, groups, ethnicities. Yeah, so what, do, what, what does a person from you, uh, like you, think? Is that a proper translation or improper translation? Oh, the translation is good for us, from my perspective. From my perspective, yeah. Yes or no? Yes. Yeah? Is it a good translation? I think so, yeah. yeah. I, you think so? Be assertive. Assert yourself. Assertive. Yes. Okay. So sorry, kid. It's three to one. Yeah, I'll vote you. <laughs> Two Chinese uh, versus one, and I have uh, a quarter Chinese. <laughs> yes, too. Did you have something you want to add? Oh, uh, I don't have anything to add. And uh, there is a new Taiwanese lady. Yeah, what do Taiwanese think about this? First of all, you speak Chinese. Not all Taiwanese speak Chinese. Yeah, I'm not sure. You're not sure? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, she's not sure. Yes, nine, defend yourself. Yeah, I still think, uh, uh, just from the context of sentence, I, I don't think it means cooking, actually making the food from scratch, right? If you read it, because it says, during the meal time, and then later it says, explain it, right? It says, cooking for him, and then uh, the second part elaborated was that like like就是来就是来给他就是天饭做菜, so that that explains what the fan means, which is helping him with rice and then like, put the dishes together. It's just like in the ancient time when like the emperor eat right, the emperor does not spend the effort to uh, use the chopsticks to pick the dishes among like you know hundred dishes before him. Your Someone point, personally help him to pick the. Your point is that the Chinese custom, you take a pair of chopsticks, and then you, you pick it up, and you say, "Please have some." Is that what you do? Is what you you referring to? No, I'm saying that when you are I, someone I do, with... I, I know that the Asian like to do that. <laughs> they take the chopsticks, okay. stick in the thing, okay? And you say, what, have some more. And then you... It, it's a... When the so, emperor eats, there's like five people help him. Like, the emperor just sit there. He doesn't really have to... No, no, this is governor. Well, he's being reference. treated like emperor, right? I mean, not the governor, the master. He's being treated as someone, the status of the emperor. That's why the governor is serving him. Uh, this, okay, okay. And, yeah, I think that makes sense. It doesn't make sense the governor's back in the kitchen cooking when the master is here, right? It's Logically, it doesn't make sense, yeah. Uh, but, but the Chinese says that's what he's doing. 
you, you want me to interpret the way that it makes sense to you? Yes, seven. Thank you, Master. Um, from a strictly Western perspective, it makes a little sense to me that he, the governor was cooking because he, he managed to not unhusk a grain of rice. So that's a testament to him being a bad cook. But we have a... Um, so yep. you of the opinion that the governor cooked the rice? Uh, yes. I'm, that's why he screwed up and left a husk of rice in there. Correct. I'm no, no, sir. Opinion. No, sir. No, no. Let me tell you. If I were the governor, okay, I would chop the head of the guy who provided the rice to the, tel uh, to the governor mansion. It's what the governors do. <laughs> well, um, humbly, as my, as my Korean wife taught me how to cook rice, uh, the way you do it, Korean style, is you hand wash twice all the grains of rice before you put them into the rice cooker. So uh, with my limited but excellent training, I would immediately recognize if a grain of rice was husked. So clearly the governor... Uh, Missed it. But we also have an answer from our YouTube audience. Yes. Is this, who is this? Chinese? If it's not Chinese, we're going to ignore the commentary. <laughs> Thank you, Master. Um, I'll, I'll defer to Jane uh, if she can confirm if Ji Hong Kao is uh, Chinese. <laughs> to, uh, oh, another cow. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it's authentic. Ji Hong Kao says, uh, and apologies, I recognize the characters, but the two characters is literally cooking. Zhuo Fan. Yeah? If you say so, yes. Yeah, Zhuo Fan is the cook. Zhuo uh, Cai is the cook. Dishes. Zhuo Fan is the cook rice. Zhuo Cai is the cook. Dishes. Okay, so so we have a cow uh, disagreeing with another cow. <laughs> okay, okay. The, the the odds are against the first cow. Okay, Wei Mao. Master, going back to what you said about um, precepts, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Uh, going back to that, so if precepts are the foundation of Sean, then at what level for layperson would the precepts start to make sense later on? It doesn't have to make sense. That's my point. Okay? Uh, it's like professional secrets. You do it, the, uh, you, you given a secret recipe from a master chef. You follow the recipes, then you get uh, the product. Or if you will, in the uh, Kung Fu martial arts uh, uh, novels where you learn the secret uh, manuscript and you follow it and you, and you exercise, you practice accordingly and you become number one in the martial arts world. 
that kind of thing. Okay? It doesn't have to be, uh, doesn't have to make sense to you. You follow the, uh, the secret formula that's, um, that's where the value is. Okay? It's not, it's that this is why uh, uh, pale-faced people like you don't understand you know, the importance of these secret recipes, these secret knowledge, these secret manuscripts. Okay? We should translate those kung fu novels into English for people like South Carolina, help him appreciate the secret manuscripts. Okay? So in the, for your reference, uh, South Carolina, that uh, in these uh, kung fu uh, novels, uh, people kill mm, to get, to put their hands on the secret manuscript. Cow number one, you agree? <laughs> Okay, uh, so anyway, yeah, no, no, it, it's not about making sense, uh, um, Malcolm. It's about doing what you're told, and then your wisdom will take care of it, okay? You naturally understand uh, better. Uh. All right, anyone else? Okay, so just uh, for me, I take a vote. I say uh, they're making dishes. It's okay. So you see, I go with majority. <laughs> Sorry, cow number one. Okay. Um, during the meal, Master Tan Yi saw a husk grain up, up, uh, in, in the rice, and he picked the grain and ate it first. Okay. I don't know, you guys understand that when you eat rice for us Asians, it happens a lot. You know, the husk, grain of rice, to cook it, because you don't see. When you, when you put the, the rice, and you, you put the rice into the rice cooker, you cannot see. But when, when the rice is cooking, it, 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 that thing is bubbling, it's boiling, so it moves things around. Eventually, when the rice is cooked, sometimes the husk uh, grains would be on the top. So it's not, you cannot say that was, was a mistake, it's inattentive. No, it's, it happens, it's commonplace, okay? Uh, uh, but... Um, but uh, uh, Mao Chi was very impressed by that because the principle behind it is that uh, you don't waste offerings from the donors. You know, the husk rice when it's cooked is not that bad. It's the same thing. That's all. You have to make sure, make sure you get the, the husk grain of rice out. That's all. It's not a big deal. But Mao Chi is easily impressed. Okay. So Mao Chi is very, very opinionated. He's so impressed by Master Tao An, Master Tan Yi already. So it uh, didn't take much. Mm. And so he donated 10 uh, dou, right? Pronounce it dou. I forgot. Yes, too. Uh, I, dou or dou? Uh, it should be hu. I apologize. Hu, hu. Okay, yeah, right, right. Hu, hu. Okay. Okay, hop. Vietnamese hop. You know what it means? What Taiwanese person explained to us? What does it mean? In these stores, they 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 have maybe drawers where they put certain different kind of rice. Okay, 
And people will usually buy one, one drawer. That's the who. Okay. Hmm. And so this is how they used to sell rice, the measure rice, by filling up a drawer of rice, which it sees here. And next thing here, this is so cool. Thank you. This is such a great reference for non-Chinese people. It's so cool, you know. Uh, we are so ignorant about these things. And this is where, you know, having uh, the multicultural thing, you know, makes a much more interesting, you know. Uh, yes, go ahead, too. Uh, still continue who? to apologize. And uh, who? Should be who, and uh, we, we will Dan. change. And uh, one who supposedly equals one done, and uh, one who equals uh, ten dou. Ah, okay, okay, I see. But is it typical for the who to be not level? I usually it's like the level. It you put it in and then you. Yeah, this is cheating. Yeah, it should be uh, fully leveled. Yeah, fully level. That's my understanding from all the Chinese movies I saw. Okay, it's so cultural. This is so interesting. They don't do this anymore. Okay, and then this is also very Chinese. It's Tibetan. This is Tibetan colors, right? No? It's, it's Chinese. It's Chinese? Yeah. Ooh. But the hat is conical hat, Chinese conical hat, and the guy is clearly Russian. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but you see, another cultural aspect is that transportation. Hmm? Back then, they used these, these, uh, these, uh, these uh, bamboo, you, what you guys may not be able to see clearly, this is the bamboo stick. The Chinese have a lot of bamboos, big bamboo things. So they, they cut down the bamboo stalk and they maybe split into three pieces or something. And they, and they, uh, they, uh, they, yeah. and they're very strong. The bamboo sticks are very strong. This is how I grew up in Vietnam. People, uh, people didn't have the, uh, the, the uh, Honda motorbikes back then. Okay, when I was a kid. So the, the street vendors who carry these things on the, the tan, the, the, uh, the bamboo stick there, they balance it. It's fantastic. You can, you, can, you can picture these Asian women that are shorter than Xiaomei, and they carry these things at the balance, and they go, ah, uh, anyone want pho? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the whole neighborhood would hear her. So it's fascinating how small these women were. And yet, they're able to carry a lot of load or burden. Did you do that, Xiaomei? That's your era. <laughs> no, huh? You're too spoiled. Anyway. Hmm. And the food is much better that way. Okay? Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Anyway, so they carry this thing here and apparently it's the same, the same size. Uh, mm. 
Okay. So he gave him a thousand of these, a thousand hu. Okay. So did you guys do the translation? The English really very, very good. Huh? It was uh, polished by Venerable Xianshun and uh, Peter. Ah, no wonder. So there is no Chinese translation sucks, and then... <laughs> okay. Uh, a thousand hu. Wow. Oh, that's rich. Hmm? Yeah. And so, uh, and this is what's nice about Master Tanyi says, no, that, that's too much. And how can I eat by myself? So he, he, he shared with all the other monks. And so you can see right there in the governor's mansion, uh, he would have uh, a thousand monks coming with those uh, bamboo stalks on the shoulder and walking away with <laughs> a thousand hu. It's so cool. It's so, it is so Chinese, so ethnic. It's so cool. Hmm? It's a different time. You guys don't appreciate this. I love this, these stories. Okay? And mm, Master Tan uh, Yi, uh, uh, even though he's a disciple level, but he would follow Master Tao An to lecture on the lecture circuit. Very impressive. So this tells us that he basically was training himself. Master Taoan really didn't give him a lot of training at all. Okay? Yeah. So, and such is the nature of the training of the Sanghans back then. Okay? Uh, and for lay people, uh, virtually no precepts. Okay, and you go and you listen to sutras, lectures, shastras, and so forth. All right, so those were the days. So they would speak Dharma at different places, and it was stayed at the uh, Tanxi Temple. And move on to the mayor of the uh, Changsha, uh, Changsha Temple area, the Qingzhou uh, area, and he has a house in Nanjing. Is it the same? Nan, Nan, uh, is it the same area in Nanjing nowadays? Huh? Anyway, China is so big. It's all, uh, and Qingzhou, uh, Jiangling, uh, and so the mayor donated his house in the Nanjing area. You know, the house in Nanjing nowadays is very expensive. The Korean YouTube, go ahead. Why is there an echo? Yes, seven. Why is there an echo? Thank you, Master. We're, we're troubleshooting that. We hope to get it fixed. Apologies. So it's a technical difficulty. 
Yes, Master. Just for tonight. Last night was okay. Okay. All right. Uh, go ahead. Translation. This question is from... Whoa, the echo. Now I like this echo part. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Sorry, Master. Can you hear me? Ooh. Um, I'll, I'll try, try my, my best. best. Maybe, Maybe it's, it's difficult for you to hear. This question is from Chang Wenyong. I saw a Korean movie, Noryang. Sea of Death is the name of the movie. Name of what? Name of the movie. The movie. Oh, okay. So this movie might be a little bit of that. Sign of death. Okay. Noryang. Chinese or Korean movie? Korean movie. Korean movie. So mm. this is... Uh, Never heard of it. Sea of death. Mm -hmm. Sea of death. Um... There were, this time that Japanese attacked Koreans. So there was famous general from Korea. And his name is Lee Sun-shin. So this movie is based on this general's bravery and his excellent way to fight back against Japanese invasion during the Joseon dynasty. Okay. So he was watching this movie and he saw that many Japanese came over try to kill many Joseon citizens and numerous people were killed. During this movie, he had a feeling of that he wants Japanese soldiers, uh, he wants these soldiers to die. Is this also uh, offense if I had this kind of mind? Yes. That's a killing offense, a killing with your mind. Okay, so that's, uh, that's an offense of the mind. Uh, and you know, today, I don't know if you're aware of it, today uh, it is said that there's a 7.5 earthquake in the west side of uh, Japan, where they think like they... Uh, this is in, in, a ter in the land area, not outside in the sea. So something like uh, maybe like several people died and a lot of destructions. We're talking about a lot of very expensive to repair, uh, not to mention the pain and suffering for a lot of people. And so you see, and when I saw that, it's funny that you brought, brought, brought up this, uh, this point. I saw that and I say, wow, no wonder in the history of uh, Japan, they have uh, in the culture, 
It's perfectly okay to kill. Okay, so the samurai would kill the peasants, and and so within the uh, the culture of Japan, there's a lot of killing karmas. So it's a lot of deaths and a lot of earthquakes, lots of natural disasters, which are the uh, manifestations of the killing karma retributions. Okay. And so you see, uh, even nowadays, you hear, you see, uh, you hear of stories within the Japanese corporations and how the managers would mistreat and brutalize their subordinates to the point where they make them lose face in front of them publicly, okay, to the point where the employees, some employees would kill themselves, okay. And that's, you know, that's part of the cycle of the killing uh, retributions, okay? Uh, in a prior life, you kill someone, now someone, uh, you will, will do things to make you kill yourself. Because so they're indirectly killing you, okay? And so, so, so these, uh, the, the, the Japanese culture is very, very violent in that sense. There's a lot of killing karmas. Uh, uh, and it's a, it's a, so when they uh, you saw the movies, uh, again, it's, my knowledge is based on movies. You saw the movies and how they, they, the, uh, the bridge over the river Kwai, historical movie, you know, and, and how the Chinese movies where the Japanese uh, uh, invaded China and then, and then uh, 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 almost killed Yip Men and that kind of thing. You don't, you don't, you don't watch those movies. I, I love those movies. Uh, anyway, you see on how uh, this, this, um, the culture of uh, so the killing karma, whether you do it physically, okay, or mentally, there is a retribution associated with that, okay, and uh, and. Uh, the natural disasters that come with the ter- come, they come with the territory because when you have a lot of killing karmas, there are a lot of natural disasters. All right. Hmm. So yes, short answer is yes. Uh, you don't even want to entertain the thought of killing someone because it's a, it's a, it's a mental karma, karma of the mind, okay? Refrain yourself from even having such thoughts of punishing someone just because they are wrong, just because they're evil. Don't do that. Okay, so this mayor here offered uh, his house to use as a temple, as you can imagine, this guy is pretty good. He's pretty rich, and and he uh, he created a temple, and therefore, so that these back then, the Chinese officials are very devout. They were very supportive of the Buddhist monks, which helped China tremendously. Okay. And those are different times. We don't have that nowadays anymore. Uh, 
And so, so he, he, he wanted to support Buddhism, so he turned his house into a temple and gave it to Master Tawai and said, uh, who should be running this temple? And Master Tawai looked around and said, immediately thought, Tan Yi should be the abbot. So Master Tan Yi was very even highly regarded by Master Tawai himself. Okay? And uh, Master Tan Yi, look at that, very famous monk. It's a, like a TV personality, if you will. He's a celebrity, okay? Uh, more or less like uh, he was dating, um, what's her name now? Time person of the year? Huh? No one knows? Time person of the year, yes sir, seven. Thank, thank you, Master. Chongdu answered Taylor Swift. He's still alive. <laughs> Barely. Look at that. I could I say, yeah, I hear Swift. I said, who said that? <laughs> Impressive. It's like you, you know, Master Tao is like Taylor Swift. And Tani is like he's dating Taylor Swift. Okay, so he's very famous. And look at how humble he was. He, when he was ordered to go and take over the temple, he carried a backpack. You know what a backpack is, don't you? It's a piece of cloth. Okay? This is my interpretation. Piece of cloth, like the Koreans do nowadays, piece of cloth. And they put things in there and they... They, they tie it from four corners, and they carry it with them. This is what they have for carry-on luggage. And it really fits in, in the, the same dimensions as the carry-on luggage on uh, American airline required. Yes, uh, Professor Jane, she's leaving us, you know. So this is her last chance is to speak and uh, uh, in person. Yeah, the, I just uh, text uh, a backpack uh, Venerable Xianzang used uh, in the Tang Dynasty. It's a, it's a very actually similar to the current style backpack. Really? Yeah, it has an external frame back. It's a Tang Dynasty. This is before the Tang Dynasty. I'm sorry. Yeah. So it, it says Bei uh, Jiazi. So it's uh, instead of Baofu. Baofu is uh, you have a wrapping, and uh, it's a soft one. And Bei uh, Jiazi is uh, it's a stiff carrier frame. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Strike that. Tang Dynasty, this is before the Tang Dynasty, way before the Tang Dynasty. Okay? So anyway, I imagine back then, because there's no, really no things, so they put the four things, the cloth and four things. We Vietnamese still do that. Lastly, they don't have carry-ons. <laughs> no? Have you seen the prize, the carry-on, Peter? They're outrageous. 
and it's so flimsy nowadays. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yes, seven. Thank you, Master. I agree. They, and they keep getting smaller. I don't understand uh, what's going on there. But so, so I understand your metaphor is Master Tanyi is like dating Taylor Swift? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's like a... Okay, so then Master Tanyi would be Travis Kelsey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's like big, strong, tight end, carrying backpack across country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. across okay. country, walking wisely. I can, my brain can attach to this. Thank you, Master. There you go. <laughs> and then he carry a bad roll. It's kind of, he has soft back so that he needs to have a bed roll to sleep on the, on the road. Okay, it's kind of cool. And a tin staff. Okay, so the tin staff is a Buddhist tradition where they walk and ting, you know, so they, 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 they plant it down, make a noise. The tin staff has six rings on each side, four sides there, and it has the six rings, and, <laughs> and so it's, it wakes up the insects. So that's the purpose. So the, as soon, so, the, so the insects are conditioned in China. When you hear the tin staff sound, they all scurry away. <laughs> they, 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 go, they run for cover. That's why they don't get crushed. That's the purpose of it. Okay? It's not to, uh, to go into the, the kung fu movie and you beat up on your opponent with tin staff. No. Like uh, the, the, uh, the Japanese monks, they beat people up with the tin staff. Okay? not in China. Um, so that's the story of Changsha Temple actually used to be the mayor's uh, uh, home, domicile, okay? Um, and so uh, it was a chaotic time, so he had to dodge the branded, so he ran away uh, um, to Shangming, build a temple there, okay? And uh, when uh, and he returned, when it was safer, uh, uh, and, oh, this is interesting thing that the old Ambert would be very, very happy. Uh, Master Tan Yi was so sincere that a relic, one relic appeared. Isn't that cool? And this is a problem with us. One relic is such a big deal. 10,000 relic is no longer so banal now. <laughs> you have 10,000 up here, so which one am I supposed to be impressed with? So we have one relic, and he says, Hey, everyone, I got a Buddha relic. Look, 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 look. And just to make a point, he says, uh, he put a gold bottle and put it in a dining hall. You put a relic in a dining hall? Okay, and then he bowed the relics. He says, That's the point. You bow the relics and you pray. And he says, If this is really a Buddhist relic, please emit light so that everyone would be impressed of my relic. Okay, and so, uh, and so that's what happens back then. You have to understand they're trying to propagate Buddhism, so they're trying to. Uh, uh, have more people believe, develop faith in more people. And this is an opportune moment for them to do. 
okay? Like, uh, since Buddha relics, and I'm be, I declare this Buddha relics, so please emit light, okay? Uh, and lo and behold, okay, at midnight, the relic emitted a five-colored light. Notice it's one light, it's five-colored, illuminating the whole room, okay? Well, this is back then, long, long time ago, no LED yet. And so you see, yeah, you see, pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. The point here is that Buddhas and Bodhisattvas uh, watch over you. Okay? And so uh, it's not that the Shakyamuni Buddha says, here, I'll give you one. No, this is actually, to me, ask the old abbot if he agrees with it. I think it's the disciples of the Buddha who are in charge of handling the relics of the Buddha. They're such people, okay? And so they said, okay, Tani is a good guy, and we want to help him. So they gave him one relic. Master, Master O Abbot, you agree that the relic didn't necessarily come from Shakyamuni Buddha, but came from the guardians of the relics. Can't hear you. Yeah, okay. So he agrees. <laughs> we come back to you. Don't worry, we fix it. We should have, we should have ChatGPT generate the, the uh, subtitles, thank you, on the fly. No, they're, they're doing chips to do it on the fly nowadays. That's the, that's the way of the future. On the fly, as soon as you speak, the, 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 the chip is built in, in already. They will do the transcription. Oh, yeah. Ask the, ask the you know, uh, NVIDIA. What kind of name is NVIDIA again? Why? Is that just Czechoslovakian? NVIDIA. You know, I know a lot of you are making a lot of money in NVIDIA. That's why I thought maybe I'll ask you. Hmm? I read a piece somewhere that the employees of, of NVIDIA are multi-millionaires. I said, wow, nice. <laughs> All of them. Basically, the lower level, average level is multi-millionaire. It's so cool. Yeah. Anyway, um, so they emitted light all illuminated room. And, uh, and so they have faith in him even more, okay? So, 
And that's what happened. Okay, so that's what we are. And time is almost up. Anyone has any questions or comments? No? Okay. If you have no questions and comments, we can uh, stop early, one minute early, so that everyone can have a rest. This is the first day of the year anyway. Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now do installation? There, hey, listen, everyone, they're installing the Buddhist statues now. That's why all the men are here. <laughs> no wonder. They all said, move along, Master. We are busy. We're busy. Just wrap it up. <laughs> no one wanted even to talk and participate. And the girls will help out as well. Okay. Thank you. See you. Wei Mount, forget Wei Mount, we're busy installing statues. <laughs> Look now, Xin An's face is red. Look at her. Hey, Xin An, what did you eat today? Your face is all red. Is that allergic reaction or is just ate too much? I think I'm eating too much. <laughs>